The FT. Welcome to World Weekly with me, Gideon Rachman. This week, another bad week in the eurozone. Spain finally accepts a bailout for its banks, and Greece prepares for its elections and possible ejection from the single currency in their aftermath. Joining me on the line from Madrid is Victor Mallet, our bureau chief there, and in Athens we've got Karen Hope, our correspondent in the Greek capital. Here in the studio, Chris Giles, the FT's economics editor. Victor, I'll start with you. The big news at the beginning of the week was that Spain had finally accepted a bailout for its banks, but it doesn't seem to have calmed the situation down, or is that uh, too too pessimistic? No, I, I think it's, it's done the opposite, actually. It's, it's triggered the realisation that Spain needs a complete bailout for, for, for everything, not just for its banks. Essentially, the problem was that if it can't raise money in the bond markets to recapitalise its banks, that means it can't raise money in the bond markets. And, and that's exactly what's happened. In fact, even as we're speaking, the 10-year bond yield has just gone above 7%, which is considered the, the danger level, which triggered the rescues of uh, Greece, uh, Ireland and Portugal. So the bank bailout was $100 billion, but potentially, how big are the figures we're looking at for Spain? Well, they're very big because they have to fund their deficit and they have to refinance existing debt. And I think if you combine those two up to the end of next year, you, you're already looking at, at well over €200 billion. Euros. So on top of the bank recapitalization sum, which is up to €100 billion. Euros. And of course, if you go to 2014, you get even bigger numbers. And the, the general estimates for a Greek-style bailout, if you like, of, of the whole Spanish uh, financial system and, and, and economy are somewhere of the order of 500 billion euros, which is pretty much all that is available in the European kitty to do the job. So, Chris, I mean, this is in a political question, also an economic question. I mean, is it feasible that Europe will find that sort of money for Spain if it has to, uh, particularly given the threat that Italy's next in line? All these things are feasible. Whether they will be done is a very different issue. Europe as a whole has the money internally. Europe as, a, as an economy, the Eurozone is not a basket case and it doesn't have debts that are unsustainable. But that is a much more of a political question of whether it's acceptable for the creditor nations to provide the finance. And so far, the answer is no. Uh, and that will have to change probably pretty quickly. Now, I get the impression that, that there are plenty of economists out there who think that they know what the solution is, at least in theory, in terms of uh, euro bonds, in terms of underwriting the banks. I mean, if those things were enacted, are you confident they would work, even leaving aside the politics? I am pretty confident they would work. The eurozone, as an economy, doesn't have a particularly large deficit doesn't have particularly large debts. They're certainly smaller than the US, both of those as an economy. So if the Eurozone were a country, then it would be seen as a better advanced economy in lots of, on lots of metrics than the US. And we would be maybe looking at the US. Of course, it's not a country. And that's the problem. Right. Now, Karen, we've obviously this week's story has been Spain, but Everybody's been waiting for, for months as to, well, what's going to be the trigger that kicks off a really full-blown crisis in the Eurozone? A lot of people have been looking at this weekend's Greek elections. What's your sense going into this elections? Who's likely to win? And might we get a stable government out of Greece or could it just be deadlock again? At the moment, it looks as if new democracy, the Conservative Party, is, is slightly ahead in the polls. These are not official polls. It's a matter of rumour and speculation as well as talking to the parties. But they do seem to have edged ahead just in the last couple of days, which is when people make up their minds. But they could still be overturned on the day by, by Syriza, the, the radical left-wing party. 
The problem is that whatever happens, um, no party is going to get an overall majority, even with a 50-seat bonus for the front-running party. And that means you have coalition negotiations ahead. If new democracy comes first, they will try to make a coalition with the socialists to stop and with a small left-wing party, Democratic Alliance, that might work. But whether it produces a stable government is anyone's guess. And you have no tradition of practical coalition governments in Greece. So it could be unlikely. Do they have time for all this uh, wrangling about forming a coalition? Because from memory, doesn't Greece have to deliver really quite exacting things to the, the Troika, the IMF, the EU and the the ECB, something like 11 billion euros worth of new cuts agreed upon in the next couple of months? Well, that was supposed to be done this month, but it's obviously not going to be done because once a government is in place, the Troika, the EU and the ECB and the IMF all have to come down, talk to the new government and then go back and do that, finalise the arrangement. 11 billion of new cuts look like an awful lot to a country that's even deeper in recession than it was three months ago when these cuts were agreed. So, yes, there's not a lot of time, but there is a growing assumption in Athens that people in Brussels and Washington may be more accommodating than they have been previously. Just finally, give us a sense of of how uh, the social situation is in, in Greece, because one reads a lot about this is a country on the point of social breakdown, and yet other voices say, well, hang on, you know, they haven't really done that much reform. It's still quite a wealthy country. How bad does it feel? It's summer, so it feels a lot more cheerful than it did three months ago. I think perhaps the most telling indication of people's worries is this bank jog. It's not a a bank run. There's no panic. You can take as much money out of the bank as you want. And that's exactly what people are doing. This past week, perhaps 500 million has been leaving the banks every day. Um, Not the country. People are taking it away and putting it under mattresses because they're worried about the next couple of months. And that's what really shows the tension, not in the streets. Victor, again, a mood question. What's it, what's it feel like in Spain? Are you getting a bank jog there? Do people yet have the sense of the gravity of the situation? I think there's the beginning of a bank jog. People are certainly asking, is my money safe? There's no massive movement yet of, of funds. One of the curious things about Spain is that despite some of the rather dramatic TV pictures that we've seen on international TV stations, actually the social mood, the mood on the streets is, is pretty quiet despite an increasing you know, climate of economic austerity. Uh, and and that, that, there has been remarkable social peace so far, actually. It may not last. As you know, unemployment in Spain is extraordinarily high, well over 5 million, heading towards 6 million. So one in four people are unemployed. And clearly, you know, there is the possibility that there will be more trouble. But until now, it's been remarkably peaceful. I think people are, they're angry with the banks, but when they look at the whole economy, they're just depressed. It's gone on for so long. This has been uh, four or five years now of sort of relentless talk about crisis and relentless cuts and, and, and essentially despair. Uh, and, and I think that is really beginning to get to people because people here are normally very cheerful. They like to eat out. They still like to eat out. But the number of years it's gone on is just getting a bit too much for people, I think. In Greece, we've seen a political radicalisation with the far left rising, the far right as well. Spain still has a moderate centre-right government and not much sign of radicalisation, but do you think that's just a matter of time? 
it's hard to say. I mean, the, the curious thing is that, that when this government came in, they were extremely scornful of the left, the socialists, for, for what they'd done and what they hadn't done in the, in the previous years in terms of managing the economy. They're now finding that it's extremely difficult to manage an economy when the international circumstances are so awkward and when the domestic economy and the domestic banks are in such poor shape. And then the policies that they've used are, are broadly very similar. The one really different thing they've done is to reform the labor market and make it more flexible. Unfortunately, the results of that kind of reform uh, are really going to come in, in two, three years. They're not immediate. So the, the, the short-term things they've done, raising taxes, trying to cut spending, are very similar to what the socialists did. The results really are not very impressive so far. Chris, perhaps I can end with you with uh, an effort to sort of take an overall look at this crisis and how, if at all, it might resolve itself. People tend to look above all to Germany, to, to Berlin, and say, look, the key decisions have to be made there. Are they looking in the right place? I think they have to look to the international community, which obviously Germany is a very important player in that. We've got at the start of next week, just after the Greek elections, we've got the G20 summit in Mexico. It feels it's not quite as bad as it was in October 2008, but it's not far off. It's just sort of the pre-Lehman period where it's very hard to imagine this not having some sort of big break at some point. So I don't see we're going to get out of the G20 some sort of very short but pithy statement saying, no, this is we're going to end this now and this is how we're going to do it. But I wouldn't be surprised if the European summit at the end of this month, we might not be in that sort of situation. What do they have to do? I mean, what we, we keep what asking they, for this thing ha- that will shock they the have markets. To, they have, I mean, in the, in the short term, they have to find a way of stopping these bank jogs and stopping the capital flight out of the periphery of Europe, which does require Germany to essentially make it absolutely clear that it's in the Eurozone for the long term and it will not it will not countenance a breakup. And are you confident that will happen? No. Okay, well, in that case, I think we could have an interesting month ahead. So Chris Giles here in the studio in London, thank you very much. Thanks also to Victor Mallet in Madrid and to Karen Hope in Athens. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.